fossil. Look at the Toshi station to pick up some power converters. That's no moon. We're all fine here. No, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vettabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And you were wrong, Kenton. Ah. We'll start with that. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's my that's my Mandalorian. I was wrong, Sal. Is that whoa, what it is? <laughs> um, we did not see Ahsoka. So spoilers, obviously, we did not see Ahsoka Tano in this episode. You thought no. you said last week. Oh, that yes. You can't. They can't talk about her in this episode and not have her appear in the next episode. But she did not appear. So that makes me think that it is going to be like an end of the season kind of a thing, right? We still have a few more episodes left to get there, but I don't think that we're gonna. That'll be the final episode, I think. We, you and I were right about something, though. What's that? That that all of the all of the stuff that said that episode four would be packed with things that would change the Mandalorian forever. Remember that all of that in advance of that, and we said it sounds like bullshit. Yeah, and it was pure bullshit. Yeah, I mean, what's what's like? What could they possibly have been talking about there? I don't understand. Um, like, sure, we get some insight into what the Empire is doing, yeah. but uh, but really, very little happens in this episode. Um, and it, it was still, I mean, it was 40 minutes long, so st- about the average time uh, frame for these episodes. But, uh, but yeah, I don't see what the big deal would have been or what would have possibly made Pedro Pascal not want to be on the show. Is not what it was supposed to be, something that well, happened during episode four? I thought that it could be a few things. I thought it could be... Uh, okay, let's assume. Oh, there's the cat behind you. Yeah. Um, I could say let's assume Pedro Pascal wants to leave the show. If that were true, that'd be big. Uh, let's assume he um, gets killed on his on the show called The Mandalorian, yeah. and instead the show becomes about Boba Fett. I thought that could happen. Okay. Or I thought that he could hand off Baby Yoda in Episode Four and say have a tearful farewell, and we don't see Baby Yoda for the rest of the season. I thought that would make people mad. Um, <laughs> I was way. thinking of I was yeah would I was thinking what could make people mad, and uh, nothing that I thought of happened, <laughs> and nothing nothing that happened in this episode made us mad. I don't think anyway. No, I I really enjoyed this episode. I yeah. really got a kick out of it. Just pure fun, pure, yeah, pure was, Star Wars fun. There was a lot of great Star Wars stuff in there. So we'll start yeah. with the beginning, and, and he's limping across space. Those darn Mon Calamari mechanics did nothing for that Razor Crest. And he's, he's continuing to have trouble. But yet he's trying to get Baby Yoda to help him with his repair work, which I thought was quite funny. That was a great scene. <laughs> and, and it was a take on the classic bomb scene from every movie where it's like, not the red wire, the blue wire. Yeah. I can't hear you. Your voice isn't coming through. What did you say? And then they, like, take a chance and... It was something uh, or other happened. It also yeah. reminded me, maybe because of the cuteness factor, it reminded me of the uh, baby Groot uh, with the bomb in Guardians oh. of the Galaxy Two. Yeah, like, repeat, repeat it back to me. I am Groot. I am Groot, and he's like, he's like, no, that's not the right thing to do. So there was that as well. So that was a lot really cute, and and it's interesting that. Well, Baby Yoda clearly can't follow instructions, but it's interesting that he thinks that Baby Yoda can follow instructions. He's trying. <laughs> He's like, it was worth a try. So that was quite funny. Yeah. Um, so then from there, they limp their way into uh, port at, what was I don't remember the planet's name, but it's where he left his friends. Navarro. Navarro. Yeah, Dave, Dave Navarro That's right. has his own planet. Uh, so. Perry Farrell <laughs> has his own. Yeah, all the members of Jane's Addiction have their own planets. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, they go off to Navarro where we have, now I'm not going to call him, um, 
I'm not going to call him Apollo Creed anymore. I'm going to call him Chubbs because Happy Gilmore was on this weekend. I forgot that uh, what's his, Carl Weathers is Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. He's really good in that movie. Yeah. So I miss that. So Chubbs, uh, Carl Weathers, who directed this episode as well, as we yeah. saw at the end, um, he, uh, he is on this planet and as is, what's her name? Cara Dune. Cara Dune. And you know what I didn't notice before is that her that's a tattoo under her eye of the rebel symbol. Did you notice oh, that? I don't think I did. I thought it was just like a beauty mark. Like, you know, they have those little, like, some people have a little mole or whatever under there. But it, it is an actual, the rebel insignia tattooed under her eye. That is that is what that is. So I thought that was kind of interesting. She is the marshal of this town now. So she, she, yeah. she's doing the same thing that Corner on the Cob is doing back on um, <laughs> Tatooine. Uh, she's, she's, and we saw, like, they open that with this cool scene where you have these guys. What is the name of that species at the beginning uh, when they were they're in the old Mandalorian hideout? And they're like going through their loot or something. It looks like they're like they just robbed oh. a bank or something like that, right? And they're about to kill a ferret um, for food. Yeah, I don't what, remember. I did we know ever know their name? I don't know. Well, it's it's the same species. Um, the two guys I I'm wanted on ten systems. That guy what was the guy's oh, name. Oh, Walrus Man. Is that Wal- Walrus yeah. Man? Yeah. So why I do think... they call him Walrus Man? He has no tusks. That was the name. That was the name of the figure. Okay. <laughs> that Kenner called him Walrus Man, and then he became Ponda Baba later right. on. When uh, back when they righted all the wrongs that Kenner had had done on those figures, okay. but uh, I think that I think that was one of them. Was it not? Yes. It, well, all three of those guys were that species. Um, was one of them? The, oh no! Wait a sec. The Ponda Baba had his arm lobbed off. No, no, that was. Uh... Did he? Yeah, he must have. At the bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't think that I don't I don't expect that to be no. those, any of those guys. But same I just noticed it was the same species, yeah. and so they look like they were just uh, they've just they have a bunch of cash they're going through. One of them is getting ready to make a snack, and so then Cara Dune comes in and, and busts those guys up and takes them out and uh, and then adopts a pet. Apparently, she gets this little, which I thought was weird because that that pet did not look great. It did not look very real, um, to me. And it was obviously a practical effect of this animatronic ferret or whatever it was. And I just wonder, I mean, I know that a, a CGI one probably would have looked bad as well. I don't know how they would have gotten around that. But I thought it was interesting they chose to go with a with a real um, animatronic thing instead of just a CGI animal. Oh, I didn't mind. I thought it was kind of funny. And uh, by the way, was that the armor where the armorer was in yeah. in uh, the first season? That was that that was that. I it went by so fast that it only occurred to me later. I was like, was that the same place? I've only yeah. watched it once. So, and uh, th- I think this episode I had more more Mandonesia than other episodes, where because <laughs> well, I was like, why, there's lots going on, and yeah. I think it went by pretty quick. And and there's a lot of uh, familiarity in this episode, because it does feel, because you have all these returning characters from last yeah. season, so it does feel very much, especially, like it feels like the last few episodes of season one, when they are working together to try and free that planet from the Empire and find out what's going on with Baby Yoda. And um, so anyway... Uh, we, we see that there have been somewhat successful in, in making the planet a peaceful place. People are living there. People are trading. Nobody is social distancing. Um, it looks pretty crowded in that little town. But then uh, Bando shows up or, or, or Din shows up because he needs repairs again on his on his uh, ship. Uh, and then um, Carl Weathers says he's going to put his best. What's his real name in the, in the show? I don't know what his real name is. Um, Grief Karga. Is that his name? <laughs> I don't know. He says is that his, his name? Or did, or did I just throw some other Star Wars name out there? I don't know. I'm gonna You're going to look it up. it up for us? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but he says, I'll put my best guys on it. And that happens to be the two people who are right next to them <laughs> at that moment. One of them is clearly not one of his best guys because... <laughs> He yeah. looks into the camera and goes, I'm evil. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's yeah. certainly something there that you're like, okay, that's going to come up again. Grief Karga. His name is Grief Karga. So is that right. what I said? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Anyway. So then, yeah. So again, and we kind of drop into this formula again of, well, the Mandalorian is here. He has time on his hands. He They need his help with something else. But on, along the way, we also see our friend Horatio Sands return as the gill guy, the fishy guy that... Um, that he that Mando brought in in the very first episode of of the show, so it was nice to see him. Although I was kind of I didn't like that character, and I really didn't. I, I really wanted to see him die. Like I was hoping the character would get shot in this episode. The, I just that like character him. was responsible for some very good Star Wars humor in this episode, yep. though. I give him credit for that. I mean, like, even last first season when we saw him, everybody said he looked like he was from Star Trek: The Next Generation. It looked like that style of creature design. Yeah. But I, I have to say, I was happy to see him in the thing and he's it's a funny shtick where he's he's working off a debt he has to work 130 years was it or 300 years 300 years yeah 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 he has to work off 300 years oh i just thought that cracked me up and and some good carbonite humor about like i'm still i'm, I'm still trying to see out of my left eye or whatever that's funny stuff and he I was, was like that's good and he's kind of the comic relief for the rest yeah. of the episode because he comes along with them so their mission is to take out this final empire base that's on the planet that um that are still there and again, um, uh, Carl has some bad intel. He never has the right intel, right? So he says that it's mostly abandoned. There's a skeleton crew. So they, okay, they, they figure the three of them, uh, meaning Mando and, and Kara and him, can take that, take those stormtroopers on and clear it out and destroy it. Um, I, okay, I, I can't remember if they are actually successful. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and so they go in the speeder and they, they, they pull up there and... This guy comes along for the ride. He drives them for some reason. And then they bring him in there with him, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, I don't know why this guy's even along in this mission. He doesn't seem to have much to contribute. Although, I guess, you know, he has the technical know-how. Like, he did, you know, push some buttons and do some things along the way to help uh, help complete Grudgingly. The he grudgingly yeah. did it. He wanted to. He said, okay, I'll come get you later or whatever. Like, he yep. was trying to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, nope, you're coming. That's like, right. I'm, I'm scared of heights and lava. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Things. So there's lots oh, of great and- lines there. Yeah, good, good, good tractor beam joke, carbonite joke, tractor beam joke, and oh, and um, the, the railing. There's no railing on these things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's all that kind of stuff. Um, and then they they go ahead, and it seems again very reminiscent of the first film, of of like you know Obi Wan kind of sneaking around the Death Star looking for the, the, the all that equipment looked very familiar, and it looked very similar to the kind of stuff that Obi Wan um, turned off, like the tractor yeah. beam controls. So that was cool. Uh, and then they discover, and then, and then there's also great, like, you know, scenes where they take out stormtroopers where, where um, Mando drops them off that ledge and that kind of stuff. That was always, that was all fun. Uh, but then they discover that it's not just an empty base, that there's a, more happening here, right? And this is where we learned a little bit more about what the Empire is planning to do with Baby Yoda. The evil scientist from season one makes his appearance. And he was and back, so you were right about that. That's so right. Said, so you're wrong about the other thing? I think I just asked if you think we're going to see yeah, him again. Yeah, well, I mean, you've seen, yeah, I'll just say you're right. Anyway. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, and he shows up, and he has extracted some DNA. Some blood. They, he talked about blood, right? From the child. He said, yeah. we only got enough to blah, 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 to something. So they didn't get they didn't get tons. They got a little. Sorry, go ahead. They, he also referred to something called the M count, I believe, is the phrasing of it, which stands for... 
midichlorians. Gotta be, gotta be midichlorians, yeah. right? So, yay, we brought back midichlorians. People are gonna be thrilled about that. Uh, but so, so this is what I think is is going on there. Um, so it looks like they've extracted blood from Baby Yoda because he has a high midichlorian count. He can manipulate the Force. He's very strong in the Force. Uh, so they're t trying to replicate that and inject that into. I think they're trying to create Force using stormtroopers. Does that make sense? Yes, I think I think those are dark troopers from the expanded universe. Oh I yeah, think... at the end, at the end when we see those, and I, for a second there, I thought it was a Darth Vader helmet. I thought, what, what are you doing here? Because uh, it, it looks it like a, it's hard to see. It is. It, I think that's deliberate. I think they don't want us to see what it looks like fully. We'll find out probably in the in an episode or two. But they do look like it's a bunch of dark um, uniforms anyway. So I think their their goal here is to try and create force wielding um, stormtroopers, which would be, I mean, that would be tough to overcome, right? If you have an army of force users like that. That appeared to be what they were doing. Uh, who? Uh, I, and I need to look at that design again, too, because it did. I used to have the dark trooper action figure mm -hmm. and it might have looked like that. That might have been it. Like okay. it's not a it's not a death trooper like the kind we saw in Rogue One. Those were kind of tall, tall, skinny. These ones look bulkier. Yeah. So, but we're still we still don't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what the that's what those things are. I think. So they they discover this. They find a bunch of tanks and weird stuff. They watch the recording of the scientist, oh. and it's a report. Yeah. I just thought of something else. Sorry. The tanks. They see like figures in the tanks. That looked like the Snoke tank. It did. So 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 the cloning. I don't think we're going to get to the origin of Snoke in this oh, no. in no, the no, Mandalorian. No. Well, maybe we will. I now, now that I think about it, but I don't think so. But I think maybe that's how you can have a clone that can wield the Force. It's almost to me seemed like they were trying to sort of go, "See, this can happen," because it's like we saw Snoke. Because people are still skeptical about Snoke and how that whole thing could have gone down. But this looks like it's a pre. The technology is a precursor. Could be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could yeah. be for sure. Uh, so then they and then they realize that they're still after the child. Like they thought I guess they thought Gideon was dead. I don't know. I guess he thought because he saw the, the, the TIE fighter crash. Right. They didn't see him walk out of there with the Darksaber. So um, so they thought he was dead, but he's not. So then Mando's like, I got to get back to the child. He boots on out of there to go back to uh, to get baby Yoda, who, by the way, well, we skipped this part. They left him in a classroom. Oh, that I love that scene. That was a great scene. So they leave Baby Yoda in a classroom with a with a protocol droid teaching children, and then Baby Yoda wants this kid next to him has these macaroons, these little cookies <laughs> look like macaroons, and uh, he wants uh, to he wants some. He's and he asks he asks nicely, I think, for Baby Yoda anyway, and the kid says no, and then Baby Yoda just proceeds to grab the whole pack of cookies with the force and eat them because he's Baby Yoda and he loves he food. He loves eating everything. Yeah. So that was a fun little scene. But that's where they left him. So then Mando has to go back and get him. And I like that we have better learning technology in our timeline than what they have there. Because it's just basically, it's a protocol droid that just stands there. And it, and the protocol droid actually says, settle down to the class. Settle down. And I, al and I always like um, how children react to Baby Yoda. Where the, this little punk comes in and they, they seat him at a in a desk that's too big for him which is funny and then they all kind of look at him like what the what's what's with this thing joining us in this class it's pretty funny and i like but once again what would mando be doing mando's like okay if you say it's safe and i was like it's not <laughs> it's not safe what's safe about it like don't i don't see guards that, there yeah. i don't see any i don't see any yeah. um people there to protect the no. protocol droid certainly isn't going to be able to protect anybody 
Um, so yeah, that's that's funny that they said that. But whatever, yeah. he trusts them. He leaves the baby Yoda, and then he. So, but what was interesting about that whole sequence is what he he takes off, and then we have just the just the three characters we left with the three characters without Mando, and I think that's the longest stretch we've gone without being alongside Mando in this whole series, right? When he t- well, it's a great scene where he takes off with the backpack and. Just take. We got some good backpack action in uh, today's yeah, episode. Pack, yeah, yeah it's, I love that. Yeah. Um. And uh. And I said at a certain point, boy, we haven't seen him in a while. Like, is everything going okay at the school? Like, yeah. are, like I kept getting worried. Like, cause that, that's what the show wants you to do. They want you to worry about what's going on with the baby. Yeah. Right. And it's like, what's happening? What are we gonna cut back to? So I was delighted when it turned out that all was well. Yeah, but that yeah. whole sequence with those three was great as well yeah. because they're w- fighting their way through the base. Yeah. They're not as good. Uh, well, Cara Dune is a pretty good warrior, but the uh, um, Carl Weathers is okay, and the third guy is just useless pretty much. He's just the guy who opens the doors for them and stuff like that. But then they get out of here. They, they steal that cool armored car thing, which is something that we saw in Rebels, I believe. That's the first time I saw one of those. And there's these, like these armored troop carrier kind of things. Well, it's, uh, the, they, it's from the figures, right? It's, it's is it? I think that's we saw that troop transport pull up in the last season finale and season one finale. I think oh, it's a yes. if it's not the exact same thing, it's a variation of that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah they all kind of look the same, but that is yeah, that is what yeah. that is. And uh, and they take that and they crush the guy's speeder with it, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, funny. And stuff. Uh, and there's a great chase, and this is where we see the uh, the other. Um, the uh, stormtroopers on the speeder bikes chasing after them, and they're they're then the tie fighters come out and are chasing after them, and it's just like so it's so funny how bad of shots these guys are. They cannot, they literally cannot hit a, a pretty stationary like it's moving, but it's still like not swerving too much, and you think they'd be able to hit that thing from the air, and they can't. And it's really funny, although they do end up hitting it. But anyway, it's, it's a pretty great funny. scene. I thought once again yeah. the special effects look fantastic. It was good to see those uh, old school Tie pilots, and, oh, and, oh, yeah. to, and that great shot where where the speeder bikes come flying down the cliff. Yeah, like there are some saw, and I think that catches us up on every clip we've seen in the trailer. Oh, is that right? I don't know that there's anything in the trailer that we haven't yet seen in an episode. Oh, okay. So I think the last four episodes, once again, the trailer only has clips from the first four episodes. I think. And then the last four will all be surprises. But I think you're right about Ahsoka doesn't show up till the finale. Yeah, I think this this is establishes that because yeah. otherwise we would have had her in this episode. Yeah. So, um, and then, of course, uh, uh, Mando comes out of the blue to save them in the, I mean, those guys worked, I don't know what the time frame is here, but those guys seem to have worked very quickly on the Razor Crest to fix it up. Yeah. Because uh, it's like good as new. Uh, and it pops out of there and he chases down those last couple of TIE fighters and, and shoots them down. And some great scenes. Baby Yoda's. Yeah. Ah, baby Yoda has his arms up in the air like he's on a roller coaster. He's having a great old time. He has a little um, seat belt on. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty good, funny. He's munching, munching on his macaroons while he's yeah. flying around there. And then at the end, he pukes it up, which is hilarious. I love yeah. that. That's solid. Awesome. That's solid baby Yoda action throughout <laughs> that entire. He has his own little story arc where he's. Yeah, the... yeah. It's it's yeah. always fun when they show baby Yoda for whatever reason. So yeah. that was good. And that, that's I mean, again, that's pretty much it. That's the episode. Like well, that's that, all it is. Well, then we get the scene at the end with uh, Moff right. Gideon and the and the super soldiers. And I got to listen to that discussion again because it was, I think they established that they're tracking the ship. Yes. Um, yeah. So that that one guy that looked into the camera, yeah. one of the mechanics, uh, placed a tracker on the on the Razor Crest, 
And um, and this and this is by the way they had cut to a Star Destroyer, which is again a great reminiscent, very reminiscent of the first movie. They it was that underneath the Star Destroyer shot that um, that that's from the very first uh, movie, one of the very first shots in Star Wars. It was the exact same shot, which was really cool. Yeah, uh, but it was but it was clearly a newer Star Destroyer, right? The the model was a little different from what we've seen uh, in the past, so that was cool as well. Yeah, no, I. I thought I thought um, the episode went by like it was only forty minutes long, and I thought it flew by. It was so fast, and once again, yep. like it almost it went it flew by so fast that there's certain elements that I still that I almost can't remember. It just it was a real uh, it's like a classic Star Wars thrill ride, where where there's lots of good chasing going on, lots of good yep. like Imperial hallways. Um, the 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 Imperials are just as bad as they've ever been and if anything they are they are more cult like now they're 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 willing to do like did you see there's the guy when they break in and there's the guy who shoots out the the controls himself yeah so they can't get access to them they're they're a little more suicidal these imperials well it's the same thing we saw uh last episode with bosch right yeah. like, like like it's the same thing they are very loyal to this uh, moff gideon like they, they yeah. this guy has their uh, loyalty and what's interesting about and I didn't notice this about his uniform, but he's is he always worn that kind of armor on his chest like that looks like it looks like Darth Vader armor to be honest. I think so. He's always had that. Okay, well I, I think... just I don't know why I just noticed it, but it, he looks like you could throw a helmet on that guy and he'd be Darth Vader. Right. At this point, like he just looks just like him. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was interesting, and he was smiling too. He was happy. Yeah. Um, at the end of it, made <laughs> so, him happy. <laughs> he's got he's got a line on his asset. Does he, he have the asset? He's only happy when other people are suffering. That's right. So uh, so their goal clearly is to track the Razor Crest, uh, attack him, get Baby Yoda back, and continue to pull blood. I guess that's what they were doing to Baby Yoda last season, is just taking blood so that they can use it to replicate the midichlorians. It's yeah. got to be their goal. And it, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do with that. Like, Do you think that... He could be the one that wants force power, so he could. I could see him himself, him injecting himself with this serum or something like that, to give himself force powers, right? That kind of thing. Well, we could also be setting up like, okay, if he's got the dark saber, and the Mandalorians know where Ahsoka is, and Mando's heading there with a tracker on him, this could this could turn out to be a pretty awesome battle. This could yes. be like this could be quite an interesting thing if they let us see the battle this season. They might make us wait till I think this is three seasons, is it not? The Mandalorian, I think it is. I have no idea. I don't know. I know they've approved a third season. I don't know yeah. if it's ending at three, but yeah. Um, but it, yeah, you're right because there's the Mandalorian factor as well, and there's yeah. also those Mandalorians that we saw last right. episode who are also looking for Gideon. So they all might come together at the end. I think is what we're, we yeah. expect to happen. I think those so. are the loose storylines that are slowly coming together. And I think it is setting up something cool. I mean, at some point we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get our butts to Mandalore and see what's going on there, I mm-hmm. guess. And and uh, I, like in the back of my mind today, I was like, okay, so uh, like, am I ready to make a prediction for the last episode ever of the Mandalorian? And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if he showed up on Mandalore? And uh, I don't know, like he was made like the Grand Knight of Mandalore for all of his. All of his uh, uh, Mandalorian efforts, or something. He was made the the leader of the Mandalorian army, or something. 
You know, we don't really know a ton about his motivation other than the fact yeah. that he loves Baby Yoda and he wants to protect Baby Yoda. Right. And he and his dedication to the ways in which he was taught, the Mandalorian ways, which are apparently not the main beliefs, is not the main belief system of the Mandalorians. It's a cult. It's a, it's a fringe offshoot of the culture. So I think we're going to see him come to terms with that. And again, and, and there was a case I was wondering, you know, they had, they said the issue with this was that Pedro Pascal got upset and quit and whatever with this episode. Mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe it was the episode where he had to lift up his helmet a little bit to sip the soup. That was like good. Just, he just like had to lift it up just a little bit to take a sip of soup and then put it back down again. Maybe maybe Pedro Pascal just wanted to take his helmet off altogether. But um, yeah, he but didn't like that. They that's one of those on. classics where you, you say to the actor, OK, fine, do it that way. And then they do it, and they go, okay, do it that the other way, and they do it the other way, and then you're like, yeah, just get rid of that first stuff. Yeah, you just don't saw. use that take. Yeah, that's right. Right. That, yeah. I mean, that, that's every. I think that's that's what actors are famous for, and what directors <laughs> are famous for. But I don't think so. I think it was good, and we even saw Baby Yoda look up. He want it looked like Baby Yoda saw his face. It looked did, up, yeah. yeah. So Baby Yoda looked up and saw him, and he, and at the end of season one, he said, "No living creature has seen, can see my face." And uh, IG-11 said, well, I'm not a living creature, so it's fine. But so it already shows he's loosening up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. So, so we know they have this, this deep bond. I think we've got to have some kind of fulfillment there. Um, and I don't know if it's going to end up being he's like he's Baby Yoda's buddy for life or what's going to happen from like, he, you know, when Baby Yoda grows up. Is he going to come back kind of thing? Like, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I think he will have to drop him off and at some point, Baby Yoda yeah. is going to have to grow up. So we'll, we'll see what he looks like. They might fast forward 50 years or something like that. They'll see what he looks like. We might see old Pedro Pascal with a bunch of old person makeup on. But there's something, there's, I think there's got to be something there as far as like just exploring that that relationship. Well, I, I it, it, it also occurred to me today because I was thinking in advance, what, oh, if, if we see Ahsoka in today's episode... And what if he does leave the child with Ahsoka and we and we're all like, oh, no. And then they don't show the child in the last four episodes. Then what are we going to do? What are we going to think? And that that didn't happen. But then I thought, OK, what if the season ends with him dropping off little baby Yoda uh, to Ahsoka? And then like the rumor is they're going to do an Ahsoka series. And that wouldn't surprise me at all. If they ended oh, no, up do, if they ended up doing that, and then yeah. what if Baby Yoda then is on the Ahsoka show and not on the Mandalorian show? And uh, I want him to be on the Mandalorian show. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want some spin-off. Like especially, I think as long as the Mandalorian is a TV series, it's okay if Baby Yoda isn't in every episode. But I think we need we need to return to check in on him from time to time. Yes, yeah, I agree. Because or else so, it's not the Mandalorian. I think I think those are the two characters. Okay. Have they? They've both been in every episode, so I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was. I gotta say, the nicest thing about this episode was getting to see the old characters yeah. back again. Yeah. Uh, Carl Weathers and, and uh, Cara Dune. Those guys, like, they were great. Um, and then even even at the end there, we had we had Kim, Kim's convenience come back. Oh yeah. Uh, at the end to uh, to figure out what was going on. It's it's. I'm not sure what his role is. Is he like an investigator? Uh, is he like um, He's Carl a Weathers? Calls, he calls him. He calls him officer. Like, yeah. I don't know if he's an officer. I mean, if he could be an officer in the, whatever you call the, uh, you know, space force, <laughs> whatever you yeah. call those guys. But um, 
certainly I, I, uh, it was nice to see him again. And he goes off and has a conversation with Cara Dune about, hey, why don't you come back and join up again and have a conversation about Alderaan and that kind of stuff. That was really good. Oh, I really right. That oh, that's part. that's a big plot point that we yeah. forgot that I totally forgot about. She is from Alderaan. Yes. Yeah. And she lost everybody. He's like, did you lose anybody? She's like, I lost everybody. What did you like? Come on. The planet blew up. What do you expect? Of course, in the back of my mind, I was like, is there a Leia connection? Is there uh, uh It's a big planet. It's a big planet. Come on. Well, it's a small <laughs> That might be true, but it's a small universe. If we know any, sm- if we know anything about Star Wars, they're running into each other left and right. Right, exactly. And, that that's even more uh made evident by the holiday special which we'll talk about in a second, yeah, but yeah. um but yeah, like uh, I think that um, it was nice to see uh, the Kim's Convenience guy back in there again. And after that episode aired, the two the two episodes ago with him, the one where he first appeared, there were all kinds of great articles online about how he got that role. And because uh, people were really like, especially here in Canada, people were really surprised to see him in the Mandalorian. So that was really cool. Yeah, I, I like that. He deputized her. He gave her. He gave her. A, he gave her a badge. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and you're right. Now she is the corn on the cob. <laughs> Whatever. What was his last name? Cobb. V- Vance Cobb. Vance, Vance Cobb. Cobb. Right, right. Corn on the cob. Vance corn on the cob uh, of Navarro. <laughs> of Dave Navarro. And she's, and she's the right person for it because she clearly cares yeah. about the people and she wants to make sure, yeah. you know, cut down on crime and that kind of stuff. So that's good. I mean, that's a great role for her. And so it seems like those characters are kind of set in their they're, yeah. they, they have they're invested in that they're gonna stay there and that kind of stuff so we'll probably come back and check on them and um every once in a while did you notice that there was two x-wing fighters that were parked there but we only yeah. saw the actor from kim's convenience which means that dave filoni's scenes are on the cutting room floor that that <laughs> that, that 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 acting could not see the light of day that that the, that... the only actor we were allowed to see was the actual actor Yes, not not the executive producer of the show. Because in the la- I, and the, in the last time we saw him, he was just leaning against the X-wing too. He barely said anything. He was more bemused at the hijinks that yes. were going on than he was uh, than he was participating in the conversation. And this time, he was clearly there somewhere. But uh, I don't know. Maybe when we get the directors' roundtable after this season, he'll have a story about like how he how how how. Uh, Carl Weathers had to cut his performance <laughs> from this episode because something wasn't there. Like, the, right. why show two X-Wing fighters if you're not going to see the other pilot? And there's only one possible answer, and that is that pilot is not as good an actor as the guy from Kim's Convenience. That guy's That's a better right. actor. He is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was all good. So, yeah, overall, great episode. And yeah. it kind of gives us an idea of where it's going for the rest of the season. I think I'm going to guess we only have – well, I guess they'll do ten episodes again, right? No. Oh, uh, I think eight, it's eight. eight. Yeah. So only four more episodes. Oh, it goes ago. so fast. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, now, did you watch the Star Wars holiday special, the Lego holiday special? I didn't have enough time, but I did yeah. start it, and I watched about ten to fifteen minutes of it, and I think I got the gist. Believe it or you not, do, you you really do. To be honest, you do. Now, yeah. I I I both I liked it and I didn't. I mean, it yeah. is Lego, which means it's it's completely different from like it. it None of it is canon. Yeah. Uh, although they hint at what could be canon, I kind of like that. So this, the premise of this 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 episode of this holiday special, is that we start with Ray, and this takes place after the rise of Skywalker, right? So we get to see a little bit into what that world could be like post uh, uh, sequel trilogy, and Ray is training Finn in the ways of the Force. Now this is something that they never actually came out and said it in the movies. 
that remember there was a thing like Finn was like going to say, oh, I have something to tell you, Ray. And then JJ said that it was it was him saying that I'm sensitive. I'm force sensitive. Uh, but they never did actually say it. So this is kind of a revelation to a lot of people who didn't know that or didn't see that aspect of the that film. Anybody coming into it would be like, oh, Finn can use the force. Like that would be a, something new, I think, that they talked about there. Yeah. Right. And so they are, I don't know, they're on Kashyyyk. They're on Kashyyyk, I think, or they're going to Kashyyyk. Uh-huh. Um, for Life because, Day. For Life Day, because Poe gets all worked up about Life Day. And it's like, and it, they've gone full in on the Christmas parallel to Life Day, including like holiday sweaters and Christmas and the Life Day trees. And it's exactly the same as Christmas. They just call it Life Day. It's pretty I, funny. I thought the actor playing, the voice actor playing Poe was not, was not on strategy <laughs> no no in I just, fact i would say that was whole thing was very out of character for poe yeah and and the thing is the lego characters are supposed to be kind of like like almost caricatures of the actual characters like they're not they're goofy they're funny the darth vader again the darth vader by done by matt sloan really really good he i love it he's got a big part in this as well he's throughout the entire thing which is great but i can tell it's matt sloan's voice a little bit in some of the intonation which is just because i've been used to hearing him do that for so many years um, so the story is no, it, it's not really super important, but it the idea is that um, Ray I can't remember how it even starts. Ray sees something. She's trying to teach po, uh, Finn how to use the Force. Finn is not getting it. She's getting frustrated with not being able to train him properly. And then she finds out. So she, oh, she's looking through the old uh, text. She's got all the books right that she took from the tree before it blew up. And she's reading through the books and she can't find anything to help her with this. But she does find a passage that talks about. On Life Day, at this certain time, at a certain place, something will appear. So she goes off to find out what that is. And then it turns out to be this crystal. And she's in like a, a Jedi temple. She finds this Jedi temple on this planet. And she finds this crystal that looks like it's duct taped together. It was weird. It was kind of like, is this supposed to look like that? But they basically take this thing. And when she waves it, it creates a portal through time and space. And she can go back in time. And the whole episode from then on is basically just a bunch of hijinks of her jumping back and forth through other Star Wars movies. Let's be clear. Like, these are all references, direct references to Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, every scene that takes place after that is within the time frame of a Star Wars film, which I thought was interesting, including, and you wouldn't have seen this because I don't think you watched too far enough into it, including a reference to The Mandalorian. So no, is, I did is, not. Yeah. I did not see that that um, that much. I thought the of the 15 minutes I saw, I, I, I was a little underwhelmed, but I was also didn't have much time. So so yeah. what the the bit I saw I, uh, what you said I thought ah it's corny it's kind of corny and it's for I, kids I I actually thought in the preview for it the humor looked a little more cutting and a little more like adult like Star Wars jokes and um, then when I actually started watching it, I was like ah, it's kind of it's almost ch- uh, it's a very childlike approach. It is. That's what Lego Lego Star Wars is. And all the TV series they've had, all the little things they've done for Lego, that's what what it is all about, is just kind of making it fun for the kids. Um, I I was a little disappointed that the the intro was also based on on the characters from the latest trilogy, where it was kind of like, yeah, we could set this anywhere. We could do the Lego version of the original Star Wars holiday special. I well, the, the, well, yeah, that that's the one. The, I was very disappointed that there were no references or jokes to that. Yeah. Uh, at all. There I was waiting be. for them to make fun. Yeah, they should have made fun of that. They should have referenced that. I was waiting for B. Arthur to show up. Or yeah, totally. Something like that. They do have, uh, now, they do have Chewbacca's family, and they make... I think they, they took efforts to make them look like those characters from the holiday special a little bit. Like, Itchy does look like Itchy. Right. 
in a, in a lot of ways. But um, but it's still Lego, and you can't really tell yeah. that that's meant to be. And uh, yeah, I was hoping for more inside jokes. The one I thought one of the funniest jokes in the whole thing was, and you you wouldn't have seen it because he didn't go far enough. But Greedo shows up and says McClunky. Oh, that was p- pretty funny. Uh, that's so good. <laughs> he just like McClunky. He just kind of shows up and says that out of nowhere. I'll watch. So I'll the- I'll definitely watch the rest for references <laughs> like that. I'll watch. The, I, and I planned on it anyway. But I just yeah. didn't. Uh, what day did it come out? Wednesday or something? It was on, like, no, it was on Tuesday, the seventeenth. Yeah, Tuesday. yeah, yeah. So if you if you have a new episode of the Mandalorian or the Lego special, you're like, ah, the Lego special can wait. And plus, Christmas is like a month away, so it's kind of yeah. Like, but they're trying they're trying to release it timed in with the holiday. Like the holiday special was, was released in November. Right. It was like late November of 1977 or 78 or whatever. It was 78. Yeah. And uh, so they're trying to make it timed out like that. Although again, they make no actual references to it, so yeah. that's kind of disappointing. I did hear about, however, a documentary that will be released. I don't know when, but they uh, there someone is working on a documentary about the holiday special. Oh, that looks very interesting. And they interviewed as many people as they possibly could, more than twenty people who were involved in the writing and production of it. So I think that's going to be really good. And I'll let you know when I, I and it said coming soon. I saw the trailer for it. I'll post it. I'll share the trailer, and then you guys can see what it's like. And then, um, but yeah, I, I don't like. There was not. Um, a, a release date associated with that, so I don't know when it's coming out. But it looked it looked good. It's interesting, and I'm more interested in that. I'm more interested in how that thing came to be yeah. and how it, it is what it is, um, as opposed to kind of seeing a, a Lego version of it. So yeah, that, that's again my one disappointment is that they didn't reference that at all. But it's a fun little Lego adventure for kids. That's basically what it is. Uh, uh, earlier this week, uh, in my uh, YouTube watch list, uh, the holiday the original holiday spe- special popped up again. And I was like, oh, the hell with it. And I, and I fast forwarded all the way to the end scene and watched Carrie Fisher sing that terrible song to the end. And by the way, the camera angle on her is not flattering. They, it's like they can't even get that right. Okay. And, and as she's singing, and she pronounces harmony, harmony, and like things like that. And you're like, could we do a second take here? Like, what, what was the story? It's TV. With, with, with Harrison Ford standing there looking like he'd like to commit suicide. And um and Mark Hamill and uh, just standing around and then you've got Wookies with the red smocks on marching somewhere and when you watch it you're just like this is terrible like it's not even it's so bad that it makes like some of those original Star Trek episodes are pretty bad when you compare them to what what you can do today but Holiday Special came out after those and somehow they go back in time. And they make it. They almost make it look like this thing must be from 1963. It's amazing that that thing exists. Is it really? And they should release well, it. They should release it. They should. And I think they. I think they eventually will. Yeah. I do think that because people are warming up to it. And Disney, like it, it, clearly, you know, obviously the the rumor was George Lucas hated it and didn't want it to see the light yeah. of day after it was aired. And I think he tried to. And again, this documentary gets into it where he tried to buy the negatives yeah. for it and stuff like that. Um, the other also include interviews with the cast over the years. So yeah. anytime it comes up in an interview, like there's one clip of Conan yeah. asking Harrison Ford about it, and Harrison Ford like pretends to choke Conan because he can't talk about it or something. It was it's funny. So they include little bits like that. Again, this documentary looks really good. But I, overall, I just felt the the Lego thing. It was it was fun. It's a fine Lego piece of Lego Star Wars uh, content, but it didn't really achieve what I was hoping to do, which was kind of bring back that that feeling of the original holiday special. I really hoped that they would get into that, and they really didn't at all. So uh, that's too unfortunately, bad. Yeah. yeah. Other than other than the only thing, the only similarity is the Life Day reference. But they really took. I mean, in the original holiday special, it was still 
unclear that Life Day was supposed to be a Christmas analogous to Christmas. Like, I, I you kind of got that idea. Like, mm-hmm. basically, the, only because Christmas can't exist in Star Wars. For, you know what I mean? Like, that's because that means kinda, Jesus exists in exactly. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't, can't right. go down that rabbit hole. So they just probably on the spur of the moment decided to call it Life Day for the original holiday special. And then in this Lego one, they take that and say, oh, yes, this is a holiday that we celebrate every year. Right. It's Life Day. And they, they kind of go from there. But they make it exactly like Christmas. So You know, I heard a real – like uh, you just reminded me. I heard a really good interview with somebody who worked on the holiday special. And it's one of two things. It's either the special – the documentary you're talking about, some, po- some podcaster probably had that person on who made the documentary. It was either that – or I might be crazy. It might have been somebody on Gilbert Godfrey's podcast who oh. all, who produced loads of TV variety shows and did Star Wars too. Well, well one one of the guys on in the documentary is Bruce Valanche. Yeah, uh, who's involved in it? That might be it. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. That might be it. That might yeah. be where I heard that. But but once again, like super fascinating stories about behind the scenes and how. Real and 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 I think George Lucas himself said he'd like to burn every copy, if I'm not mistaken. He'd yeah. like to track down and burn every copy, kind of like the Atari ET video game. <laughs> he'd like to burn it, yeah. And then in in a uh, hundred years, we'll dig it up and go, look what we found. <laughs> but yeah, I think they will release it at some point. I, yeah. I would like to see like a remastered version of that. I think that would be great. Yeah. Um. Uh, before we go, I want to make another recommendation again because we're not doing media nerds this right. week. We're talking about Star Wars nerds, but but I did watch a great, a very short first season of Moonbase Eight. Have you seen this yet? No. Oh, it's so funny. This is um, this is John C. Riley, um, Fred Armisen, mm-hmm. and Tim Heidecker. Eric, Tim, you know Tim and Eric. Yeah. Yeah, Tim and Eric. So the Tim from that Tim Heidecker is in this, and the show is about these three guys who are on the moon base simulation. So similar to, I don't know if you, did you watch Space Force at all with Steve Carell? No, I didn't. Okay, well, that one, that show, it's a similar idea. It's a comedy. Uh, in in Space Force, they have one or two episodes that center around this this fake moon base that they have. I think NASA really does have a fake moon base where they're simulating mm-hmm. things and, and studying the, uh, they're in the middle of the desert. And so these guys live on this moon base. And they're training to be astronauts to go to the moon, but they're all kind of, they're, they're kind of stuck there. And it, it was just, it's really funny. Um, and the best part about it is the the degree to which they buy into the simulation in that they always put on their suit before going outside. They always like, they treat it like they're on the moon, even though they're in the middle of an Arizona desert or something like that. I don't know where they are exactly, but it's really, really funny. And it's, it's on, you can find it on crave. If you just use your voice search on your remote, you'll be able to find it. Uh, because I don't know who released it in the States, but here in Canada, it's on crave just six episodes though. Very, very short half hour episodes. So funny. It's just hilarious. I love it. Awesome. Great recommendation. One of the best, one of the best, new series i've seen this year and again john c Riley, that guy is just he kills it in comedies he is so funny um it's really well worth watching so oh good one love it i'll check that out after, for sure so so yeah for the listeners after they're done watching the holiday special they can watch that um actually i would rather watch that than the holiday special <laughs> again i think i would rather watch that again I'm, i'll finish anyway. i'll finish off the holiday special i'll have some thoughts for you <laughs> next week i and i always intended to but i i will say i was underwhelmed by the intro Here's a here's a an interesting piece of news. So I have the Xbox um, Game Pass, uh-huh. right? And I also have the EA uh, EA Play, which is the EA version of that. Mm-hmm. It's like a subscription for service for EA games. And guess which game showed up there last week? 
the one that you oh. let me. Fall this game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, is there in like you can just play it on the EA. So instead of paying however much you paid for this game, uh, you can pay six bucks a month to play it. I got I got on, the game on sale. Well, I know, but it's interesting how they like push. Like this is a pretty high end game. This yeah. is like the big. This is the big Star Wars title to come out last year, right? And they're putting it on this service where people can play it. So I thought that was interesting. That it just shows up there, and it's a. I mean, if you're gonna if you haven't played this game yet, it's a good deal, six oh. bucks a month. You well, could finish it in a month. It's, it's I actually like the story in the game. Among yeah. the, among my favorite things in that game is the story. And of course, we've talked about how the the worst thing is you get stuck on those maps. There's no teleport. Yep. You're just wandering around. Go back to the planet, and you're like, oh god. <laughs> Go back to the maze. Go collect yeah. some shit that you can't find anywhere. Like, oh yeah. god. Like, you can't push this. You can't push this bridge right. down yet. But then when you learn the force push, then you can come back and push the bridge down. Yeah, it's so... That's that game. So frustrating. <laughs> but the story is great. I mean, it's yeah. good enough that you should play it for sure. Oh, yeah. But there, it's not without its frustrations. Well, there you go. And then and now it's for anybody to play on Xbox uh, or EA Play, yeah. rather. I don't, know if, I don't know if EA Play is also for PlayStation or not. But anyway, interesting. That's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you on the ass. That's no more. Now I am the master. TK421, you come. Going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. TK421, you come. Where did you dig up that old fossil? Taking an awful risk, mate.